We are back. Welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream, uh, which is another show by some nobodies. Uh, my name is Zach, and this is my lad from a different dad, Dylan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right? There you go. Is that That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, so <laughs> Twitching Upstream is a, kind of a side project uh, for Talking Upstream that comes out on uh, Sundays when, we're, when we have that show going on. Uh, what we do in that show, and you can look at the YouTube channel and find 42 episodes of that. Uh, what we do there is we interview other creators. We interview uh, movie writers, movie directors, uh, podcast uh, inspirational people, um, and we kind of get their creative project uh, process. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to take all the weird ideas that we had already come up with and you know work on them, really flush them out, make them something that we can really you know uh, produce and turn into something cool. Maybe who knows? Um, now. <laughs> you're changing the script on me that's cool uh <laughs> now if you know us uh then you know that i send dylan about uh 10 weird ideas uh a week usually via text messages and these ideas hit me at the weirdest time so he gets kind of messages all hours of the day which is uh one of the reasons he tells me he doesn't respond to them uh so uh we have a live show and i have I'm going to ask him here because he can't not answer me. Well, he actually can, uh, which is weird. Sometimes his microphone mutes or he uh, freezes with my Wi-Fi, which is very weird. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, before we get into anything, um, you know, uh, if you're watching this, please hit like or subscribe or anything at all. We really appreciate all the attention. Uh, we love being uh, looked at and listened to, um, and we would really appreciate it. It really uh, it boosts our morale, if anything else. Um, and also, you know, uh, I like to go over some weird nerd news uh, about some weird stuff. Also give some people some chances to get onto the show and comment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Have people comment along. Yeah, they do that. Are you into that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, while we're going, if you have anything to say or anything you would like us to read, or if you don't agree with us or the way the story's going, please comment along. Let us know what you think, and that's uh, really cool. Um, so some of the weird nerd news that I want to uh, throw past Dylan, which I used to call uh, quick questions, but they turned into very long questions, uh, so I stopped doing that. Um, but, you know, DC's fandom was last weekend mm -hmm. and they released a couple new things uh one of them was like the shazam or i guess the the black adam teaser thing yeah. which is whatever it's fine it's teaser. yeah it's just a teaser uh dude the rock has some clout though because like henry yeah. cavill doesn't want to be superman anymore but the rock pretty much is pushing warner brothers to make him the superman in his movie so it's really weird sure. yeah anyway but uh you know so that that trailer showed up um and like a new batman a full big long batman trailer showed up which is pretty cool um but one of the things that that showed up there that really i think it really just sunk into my like my nerd like soul the second this 
thing started, I was like, "Ooh, cool!" And it's the Flash uh, teaser. Have you seen this? I haven't. You've not? Nope. Is that real? <laughs> yes. Okay, because <laughs> I think I found a way to upload it onto here. So yeah. I'm going to play it for you with a little bit of a of our background, and I'm really curious what you think about this, yeah. especially the audio of it. Okay. So I'm going to play it now. Tell me something. You can go anywhere you want, right? Any timeline, any universe. Why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? You change the future. And you change the past. Okay, so okay. now Andy Machete uh, is the director of this. Mm -hmm. Him and Ezra Miller were kind of like the, the co-writers. Uh, a bunch of people actually tried to write this thing. Uh, this has been trying to get made for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they dropped this teaser. And I wanted to get your first impressions of what you thought of this. I'm... Yeah, I, I like the idea that the Flash can run through dimensional barriers. Um interesting synchronicity that we're getting two different versions of multiverse team-up movies from mm -hmm. two different comic book companies yeah um that's like one of the things i was about to hop into but you know the the thing that stood out to me the most was as soon as this trailer starts you get michael keaton's voice mm -hmm. which is so cool you get the the 89 uh wayne manor the stately wayne manor the, the rubber cow you get his rubber behind. cows and if you look there's one shot where there's two ezra millers both dresses a flash mm -hmm. one is in a fancy new costume the other is actually in the 89 batman suit that has been painted over okay so it's interesting and i don't know if you know the story of Flashpoint. Have you read that comic or watched uh, the cartoon iteration? He runs fast enough to break the universe and has to put it back together again. Yeah, pr I mean, pretty much. Oversimplification, yeah. but yeah, he, he realizes that he can run so fast he can go back in time. Yeah. He goes back in time to see his mom, realizes he can save his mom. Upon saving his mom, when he finally gets back to the the present, everything is messed up. Yep. Uh, one of the coolest things that messed up is that instead of joe chill killing uh oh, yeah. thomas and martha wayne they actually kill young bruce, bruce and thomas and becomes joker. batman and the mom becomes joker which is pretty interesting um but i just thought it was crazy that dc always feels like it's trying to catch up to what marvel's yeah. doing you know and, and the weird little script that i wrote here was uh you know you have um Marvel's like, oh, so we're going to have this team-up movie after six films, and DC's like, yeah, well, we'll do it for two, yep. you know, and that's like BVS, and then Marvel's like, we're going to do Avengers after six years and plenty of time to, for characterization, and then DC's like, nah, we'll send an on-screen Evite uh, for the Justice League, mm -hmm. and that's pretty, you know, and now you have 
Marvel's like, we have constructed and developed reasons for villains for the multiverse after making multiple films and TV shows setting it all up. And DC's like, we got the Flash yep. and nostalgia. Yep. And that's the thing that Marvel doesn't have that DC has. DC has 78 Batman. They ha- are 78 Superman. Yeah. They have 89 Batman. They have nostalgia to touch on, which Marvel can't really do. Really. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not before 2008. 2006 is when Iron Man came out. And, I mean, if they wanted to do like a multiverse thing, there was what's that? Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Exactly. Yeah, which you can <laughs> watch you, on. That's how you get the Fantastic Four, and you bring that version of the characters into the modern day. <laughs> I think it's the only way to do it. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's weird. Uh, also, uh, Zack Snyder saw this trailer, and he just tweeted out to Andy Machete three words, and it just says, "This is awesome." So, uh, Zack Snyder's stamp of approval. Um, other nerd news that I like to talk about. Um, wait, before we hop on that, okay. more DC stuff. They actually, I don't know if you saw this in the news, they just changed Superman's motto. Do you remember what Superman's motto used to be? Uh, Rock'em, sock'em, let's go knock'em. Mm, that's the 90s Superman. Okay. But no, early, <laughs> early Superman was truth, justice, and the oh, America okay. way. Yeah. Right? Uh, but is that, re- is that like the official comic one or was that from the uh, TV shows? No, that was the official comic okay. one from DC Comics, but that was back in like the 50s and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they recently changed it uh, to now it is uh, truth, justice and a better tomorrow, which I think is a better way to do it. Sure. DC said um, this is a better way to reflect the storylines that we're, we're telling across DC and to honor Superman's incredible legacy over 80 years of building a better world. Superman's motto is evolving. Seems fine. What's the internet reaction, been, Zach? Tell me what Twitter thinks about this. Well, I'll tell you what Fox News said about it. Oh, Fox lovely. News said it is a quote distortion and a disservice to fans because Superman no longer is promoting the American. Fox world. News doesn't care about Superman. I agree. Let's move on. Uh, if you agree with Superman, uh, <laughs> hit us up in the comments. Let me know. <coughs> okay, so um, Star Wars news. Now, uh, there's not a whole lot of things going on in Star Wars. Visions was great, and there's, you know, a book that came out uh, based on the one, the the very first episode of Visions, which Mm -hmm. is cool. They're thinking about doing an offshoot of another one. They're actually thinking about making a sequel, sequel trilogy that is based on, I think, episode eight of that, of Visions. Um, Which one is that one? That's that's, the one with the... It's the future. It was um, the Nine Jedis, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a... The the, the the Marchin... March on or something. Yeah, the marquee. Yeah, the uh, whatever. Uh, Manchurian Jedi. Manchurian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that really popped off recently is you know since the Mandalorian uh, ended with Luke Skywalker and you know his uh, triumphal return to screen, and there was some weird fan things talking about Sebastian Stan uh, playing the role because there was some videos or pictures going around of how much he looks like Luke Skywalker. Um, but recently somebody uh, wanted to prove that this is a thing and they took Battlefront 2 and they deep fake Sebastian Stan in it. And I uh, I took a little bit of a clip and I'm going to play yeah. this for you real fast. So um, if you're ready to watch this, yeah, this is Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker in Battlefront 2. The Empire's here. What I sensed was true. There must be something special about this place. You stay here, R2. 
Scanner's probably spotted us. So there's a lot longer clip that you can find. Uh, I didn't want to play the whole thing because it's just the same, you know, just that. But wh what do you think about Sebastian Stan playing a younger Luke Skywalker? Would it take away from the fact that it's Luke Skywalker because you know that it's Bucky or the Winter Soldier or just the fact you know it's Sebastian Stan? Or can can he also portray that role? In the build-up to the finale of, spoilers, Mandalorian Season 2, uh, I was very, very strongly hoping... I figured it was going to be Luke showing up. Mm -hmm. I was really hoping it would be Sebastian Stan playing him. Yeah. I did not want them to do a DH Mark Hamill, which they did, and I disliked it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was but... video gamey, but it, you know, it was fine. I. So you could look at Sebastian Stan and say, that's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I would, I think it'd be cool. I mean, I would much rather a live actor playing a role uh, than a de-aged anything that I have to keep yeah. looking at and be like, and this looks right, I guess. Um, but yeah, so, all right. So into Marvel news, I, I thought that this was kind of interesting. You know, DC's popping a bunch of stuff off. They have Batman coming. They got the flash coming. They have another Aquaman coming. Uh, they have just that other, the thing we were watching earlier on HBO max, that yeah. stupid cartoon. Yeah. And Marvel on the other hand has pushed back almost all of their productions. Um, there's really no reason for no, no, like said reason for it. I just thought it was interesting, like how they're doing this. And, the only problem that I see with having such a connected universe that if one thing starts falling apart, yep, it all has to slow down. So uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, um, that went from next March to now next May. Uh, Thor 4, uh, Girl Thor, and uh, <laughs> Korg Search for Gore, whatever that thing's called. Um, that Thor 4, Girl Thor, you're the hunter from the future. <laughs> looking for Gore, yeah. Because yeah. Gore is the bad guy of oh, that yeah. movie, which is God weird. Yeah. Um, now, that went from May of next year, because obviously Strange moved back. Mm -hmm. Now, that's in July of next year. Mm -hmm. Black Panther went from July to November 11th. Um, also, apparently, Marvel owns Indiana Jones, which yes. I didn't know that. Uh, Disney does. Oh, okay. So I guess that kind of just falls under the umbrella because it's, it's our production company. Yeah. Now, Indiana Jones 5 went from July to June of 2023. Um, the Marvels, which I didn't know anything about, <laughs> went from uh, November of 2022 to February of 2023. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Listomania went from February of 2023 all the way back to July of 20... It's called Quantumania. That's awesome. Uh, okay. It was a joke that didn't go over very well. But weirdly... <laughs> You know, in this whole big paragraph about all these things that are moved back, they were very clear that one project moved up. It's an untitled Marvel project that mm. went from November 10th of 2023 to November 3rd of 2023. What so do you think of it? Not even, it's two, it's more than two years away and they mm -hmm. moved it up a week. One week, doesn't have a name, but it's moved up a week. <laughs> do you think there's like a disservice that uh, like these companies are doing by letting us know the productions they're having so far in advance or do they have to do it because fans just want to know? I, I think there is something to be said for not being so open about how far out your productions are going because I remember when they announced phase four and they announced all their titles and I'm like, now I know what to look. Now I know what's coming. It's right. not, I personally, it's not what I have to look forward to. Now it's more like, when the cameo appears at the end of the credits, I already know what they're going to be setting up. Right. And I wish that they would announce their project after the movie is released. Um, I understand that the machine needs to move. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you know, the machine needs to have a path. 
And I suspect, I think the internet has given a much stronger voice to the fans, which is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Because like this movie, like some of these projects are two, like you said, two years out. And if they don't happen, I'm going to be upset about something that I shouldn't know. I'm calling it right now. Howard the Duck. You think that's what it is? He just got married in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, The last thing that is not huge uh, franchisal uh, is just some random nerd stuff. And I think the only thing that came out that I'm super interested in, Dune is coming out this week. It's coming out Friday. Um, You can watch the Real Boys review of that uh, soon, probably next week. Um, But I know that you're a big fan of Dune. And I wanted to have a, a conversation with you about what this story is yeah because when i tried to remember what this was about mostly it was like the visuals um and like just some of the scenes popped off to Mm -hmm. me but it it i didn't really think about what this story is um and i think that it might in itself be a cool uh, look at storytelling in general and i think people don't see that or they don't remember that um, and just, you know, a little bit of history on this, you know, book. So this won the 1966 Hugo Award for Best Novel, um, which ironically was the first and only year that they did a, um, a new award called um, Best All-Time Series. Hmm. I don't know why it was only one year, but uh, the people that were the books that were up for that were uh, Foundation by Ozzy Asimov, um, Barsoom. Uh, by Edgar Rice Burroughs, Future History by Robert Heinlein, Lensman by Edward E. Smith, and Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, which are all fantastic and, you know, just in the lexicon. They are foundational sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to think that, like, you know, this book came out right around the same time as, like, all of the big Mm -hmm. sci-fi books, you know, and most of them are about, like, the the formation of empire dynasties uh, and then the genetics, essentialism, you know, which is eugenics in itself. Um, And then, like, you know, exceptional men fighting evil and then being Mm -hmm. honored for such. Now, what I realized in Dune, again, is, you know, it it really is just about, like, these space houses that are, uh, you know, sending taxes upwards to the empire or the emperor. Um, And, you know, Paul is trained... In, in like the, the mystical ways and he's supposed to have like this this super you know power or whatever um but when the book ends it actually ends with paul being in charge of the entire galaxy which is is pretty interesting because at first you're like oh well paul won but the thing is i don't think that that book is trying to make paul a hero because no. paul you know once he assumes the leadership uh you know the, the messiah role um the first thing that he does is is he manipulates uh all of the the freemans uh to worship him you know Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh yeah this is colonialism this is the idea of you know religious uh uh, synchronism Mm -hmm. which is the combination of different forms of belief or practices but it's the same thing as like the missionaries when they left you know spain and, and england and what they did was they pretty much lied to people over and over again um really just kind of telling their history the way it is. Now, those people that came here lied to people and did all that stuff. They're now known as saints, uh, which is interesting. When you look back at the actual history of these saints, they're like, oh, this one made it rain fish. But you're like, well, they actually, you know, it turns out they do that once a year, actually, at the same time, once a year. Um, And at the end of the movie, uh, or the end of the book, you know, Paul is, he's very cold and he's very calculated. Um, And I, 
I don't think that he's the hero of a story. The thing is that he is grown up with this prophecy and every single person since the day he was born is telling him that he is destined. He is in charge. He is bigger than this. Um, and he kind of just has to live up to that with that knowledge. So when he takes on certain roles, it's weird, I think, that when he makes choices, he can't not see himself failing because yep. he has it in him that he is the one in charge. He literally can see the future in every branch possible. And the interesting thing about Dune is that it's a story of a reluctant messiah who realizes that if he assumes that role, it will result in a galactic crusade and billions will die. And there's a certain point in the novel where he has this moment of kind of like self-realization where he's like, I have to do this knowing what it will lead to. And he has a vision of the galaxy burning because of that decision he makes. So Paul is the hero in that the story follows him in his goals. Hero in the same way that people would describe Lucifer as the hero of Inferno because he's the one who has goals and is the one that we follow as he accomplishes his goals. Hero also means the person who is aiming to accomplish something. And it's a really interesting viewpoint and twist on the like, you know, tragic hero idea because it hasn't been done in a similar way very broadly. A lot of a lot of uh, people would generally paint it as like I am I am the, the messiah of the galaxy and I'm going to assume this. Whereas Paul's journey is not one that he wants to take. They're like throughout the entire novel. He's like, if I do something differently, people are going to have a better life. But I can't. Like he is stuck yeah. following the path that he's been set on. Because it is interesting that he does lie to people too. Like he, you know, he very clearly kind of creates his own like stories, mm -hmm. um, which then the only reason they come to fruition is because he made them. Well, he he un he kind of unwittingly slots himself into the myths that were planted on this planet several thousand years ago. Yeah, like the the Bene Gesserit have spent generations building this mythos into their galaxy, manipulating genetics behind the scenes, and then because Jessica, the lady Jessica, falls in love with Duke Leto, mm -hmm. she has a kid with someone she's not supposed to. And it throws the entire thing off and Paul is born instead of it was supposed to be the next generation down. Yeah. And so Paul unwittingly, unwittingly has to walk this path that he was not intended to by the um, people who completely orchestrated the entire thing. So this is a really interesting kind of story of how humanity can get in the way of something. Yeah. Yeah, and the way I saw it, and I wrote this down, was that, you know, instead of justifying terrible behavior, where most sci-fi movies will have their savior see a problem in the, new, in the universe and fix it, Dune sees people that live within their world that has been built thousands of years ago. Um, and I thought an interesting um, uh, little blurb from Herbert himself. Um, he said that his aim with Dune was to highlight the pitfalls of blindly following a single charismatic leader. and you know, that makes you think like the reason that we should tell the reason we should be telling stories is so that we learn from our mistakes mm -hmm. and then don't repeat some stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas a lot of charismatic leaders will tell stories 
to gain more power. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it's interesting. And, and I hope that, because I know that um, Lynch, David Lynch, when he made the other, when he made his movie, he wasn't a fan of really the story. He didn't read the book. He didn't like the script at all, but I think he did get a, he did get some things right in there, which is cool. Now, the last thing I'm going to say before we get onto what we do in the show is like, wh what do you think? Do you think this is going to be an adequate representation of this book? I have faith in Villeneuve. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think his sci-fi stuff has been, I, I can't remember who it was that pointed it out, but that he's the guy who resurrects old sci-fi stories. Mm -hmm. He did it for Boyd Runner. He did it for, I mean, he didn't do it for Arrival, but he interpreted the short, the novelette, mm -hmm. uh, the entire history of you into Arrival. And now he's redoing Dune. And I have faith in him as a director because so far I have yet to be let down by him. Yeah. He's not Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, now this, when this movie plays, it's going to say part one. Yes. Do you think, can you think of a part in that original book where it is a solid ending to a first movie? Depending on how much they pad out the pre Ericus stuff, I can think of two points. Cool. Uh, one after the attack and they flee into the desert, which I don't think is going to be the one because trailer footage leads me to believe it goes a little further. Yeah. And then two, there is a very, very specific point in the novel where it kind of turns mm -hmm. where I'm not going to spoil it because the movie's coming out. The book's been out for 55, 60 years, but the movie's coming out. So I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a part in the book that would make a very natural break and then leave plenty of action and resolution for the second half. Cool. And I am going to go see this in theaters multiple times to boost that box office because if we don't get a part two, I will be adrift on an ocean of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there with you. Yeah. I'll be your Jack just hanging on to the door. Be my Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <coughs> okay, so I'm going to let Dylan talk for a second. Um He's going to describe what we do with the rest of the show and then what project we're going to work on today because last week we wrapped up Red Wichita. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, Red Wichita. It's in progress. I'm starting the... Um, I've got the script for the first episode coming out. Or not coming out. You know what I mean. Kind of first drafted. Um, so, what we normally do on this show, uh, which is kind of an extension of what we used to do on Talking Upstream, is take one of the ideas that we did on that show and spend more time with that concept. Uh, no guest interviews or anything. We're just kind of drilling down to make sure we have an outline that is as detailed as possible to make the actual writing process easier. Uh, last time we did Red Wichita. Mm -hmm. Superhero procedural about trying to figure out the real story behind the attack on the city of Wichita by a supervillain. This week we're starting a new one. We call it Sleeper Agent. Uh, and I'm going to pop the document up here. And I'm going to make the font bigger because I forgot that the people at home... Uh, that's probably good. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, it's probably good. Uh, so this original idea was in episode 35 with guest, uh, Drayton Allen, the author of things like custodians of the cosmos and various other sci-fi projects. The idea initially, I believe, was this a, I don't think this was one of your text ideas. I think that it was. It might've been. I think that it evolved. I think they evolved I, really dramatically. The yeah. original idea was that a guy creates a like a, a self-driving car and, and then he dies inside of it and it's just whipping around this 
this was a split product because that one also turned into hard drive. Exactly. It turned into hard drive and then part of it turned um, into this. Yes. Um, this one is basic idea is that it's like a kind of cyberpunk 2070s future and in effort to maintain jobs in the face of automation, because that seems to be kind of the themes that a lot of cyberpunk are going towards. Um, people get chips implanted into their heads or they otherwise sign up for a service like a gig service similar to Uber or Lyft or something like that, which lets them get paid to be um, package couriers while they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. You can work while you sleep. You get paid for it. Your body's on autopilot. It's already programmed. Your helmet or whatever has a smiley face on the front or something to make you look like you're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. uh, you are sleepwalking and otherwise being directed either probably by an algorithm because algorithms are all the vogue in storytelling right now, as you can see by Space Jam 2 and New Legacy. Algae rhythm. Algae rhythm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> played by Terrence Howard. Yeah. Wait. No. No. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke about Disney. I know. Um, but uh, the original idea was just, um, we expanded that just a little bit because, you know, an idea is not necessarily something you can write. So we needed a story. And the story was, the, the inciting incident was, He's delivering packages. He doesn't. He's not a huge fan of it. Wakes up one day to discover something really illicit and really um, incriminating has been left in his apartment by his own courier. Mm -hmm. So while he was asleep, somehow he delivered something incriminating to his own apartment. And we figured it would be like, I think the original idea was that it was like a pallet of ammunition. It was like armor-piercing rounds yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't think we actually... Um, determine what it was but the idea initially developed into he got hacked and delivered it to his apartment as a test to see if he could continue doing that and then he was going to be used to deliver a different package into a bad guy's like crime boss's place mm -hmm. yeah and going through this i we weren't we didn't develop this quite as much as we need. i think the interview that week was really good oh it was a great interview yeah yeah, yeah. no drayton allen was uh well, he was we had, we had the occasional interview where it went a little long because we were having such a great time. And I think Drayton Allen was one of those for sure. Yeah. And his his process was really interesting too. So sometimes we really kind of plow through and like mm -hmm. really create some weird stuff. Where with, uh, with Drayton, he was very interested in the process and developing a lot of the stories. So that, that was interesting. So mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah, I'll make 35. I'll make sure there's. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. Um, so I, I copy and pasted our original outline from that episode here, and then down here I have an outline, kind of detailed beat sheet, uh, which I adapted from Jeffrey Calhoun's book, Successful Screenwriter, because I think it's a really good just kind of framework, and we can kind of tilt it, and it gives you pacing on what pages of the script, you know, one page for one minute, to put things. Yep. I didn't know if you had envisioned this as a movie. But I saw it as a single shot story. Um, yeah, I definitely see. I can I can easily see a single shot story. I don't think I saw it as a movie. I think for some reason I saw it almost as a series. Okay, like a like a quick like a like a weekly twenty two minute. Um, okay. <laughs> like it, you know, and it starts off as that weird one, the one that we're mm -hmm. doing now with like the ammunition. But if you think about things that people can buy or whatever, and then the problems, it, it could be expanded out. Okay. But let's look at it as a single short sure. for right now. Okay. Just yeah. to see how, how it flows. No, that sounds good to me. So um, what we had written out is that act one, a uh, person wakes up after a sleep run, finds something incriminating in his apartment. Kind of remembers it because I think we gave him like narcolepsy, which interfered a little bit with mm -hmm. the chip. 
which is why he was able to partially remember and potentially overcome it at the end when it was important to. Is there like a reverse narcolepsy? Uh, wait. Narcolepsy is when you suddenly fall asleep, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't insomnia then that you stay awake? Well, it would be like if you're asleep all of a sudden, just like you just suddenly randomly wake up for a little bit. <laughs> Opposite of narcolepsy, hypersomnia, which refers to either excessive daytime sleepiness or excessive time spent sleeping. Wait. Wait. How is that the. What is narcolepsy? Narcolepsed. Chronic sleep disorder characterized by overwhelming, day, overwhelming daytime drowning. Oh, okay. Google's just not being. Is narcolepsy the opposite of insomnia? No. Seems like it. No. Insomnia. That's what the answer says. Yeah, but the insomnia, you're just like, you just can't sleep or like whatever. And technically, narcolepsy is just feeling really sleepy during the day. Well, I guess the more cartoonized yeah. one yes. word is like, wait, yeah. is that not real? People don't just pass out? I don't think they just pass out. I think it's overwhelming daytime drowsiness. Huh. Hypersomnia, I think, is falling asleep. When you shouldn't. All right, so we have reverse anti-insomnia. Okay. It's my electropop band. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to learn all the words backwards, though. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. Each, every song is a palindrome, where the first half is real and real. First half is front to back, and then the second half is that in reverse. It gets... I know what a palindrome is. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so, okay. So, let's... uh. Yeah, so I, I like the fact that he has a, he has some sort of sleep disorder, which uh, should not allow him to be in this program. But he he gatticas his way into it's a, it. It's a gig. You sign up on your phone, and they don't like screen you. They just fire you if you screw up. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. fair. We're we're setting this in the future where corporations are mean. Yeah, meaner, meaner. They have license to be mean. Mm. Yeah, they have a license to ill. <laughs> okay so yeah so uh you're seeing this as a short or a series well i think when when i first when we first thought of the idea of uh, of using people's body when they sleep as a transportation device mm -hmm. that's when this idea obviously makes the yeah. most sense but you could easily have taken that in so many different routes yeah and that's why i was thinking it would make a cool series um but having it as a as a, its own little thing, it would be really interesting. Is like uh, like a Netflix style eight episode like mini limited series where yep. it's like you you think it's going to be like a like a monster of the week package of the week deal, and then at the end of the first episode he wakes up and it's you know uh, you've got a whole bunch of like smart rifles in your living room yeah with the associated like art full metal jacket ammunition. Now I wonder what. As far as the rules of this technology goes, do you think that while the person's asleep and being used, is there a way to wake them up? I assume there's some sort of emergency release. Yeah, because I was hoping that like people wouldn't take advantage of that. Maybe uh, we could have a we could have. Um, so I'm imagining the uniform looking like you have a fluorescent yellow vest or similar or yellow jumpsuit. Cause we're sitting in the future. You might as well go full drone. Yeah. Jumpsuit. You have a yellow jumpsuit or at least a jumpsuit with the markings on it. And you wear this like kind of motors full, full helm, like motorcycle helmet. Mm -hmm. And on the front of the screen is like maybe a digital display that shows like a face mm -hmm. or something. And it's always smiling or it's always something like that. Maybe some sort of voice synthesizer with some pre-coded stuff. Like if they if they deliver a package and the person's awake, it's like, oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. Your package has arrived. Do they also have like like a boot like boots? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I like that. Um, and <laughs> then there's probably something on the back of the helmet 
which is like an emergency release, like I said. Um, and it probably has like, I mean, this everything they do is recorded and stored. Yeah, I would also assume that if this person is touched, they would just wake up. Yeah. Because if if it's attached if it attaches their nerves, I just don't want like you know delivery yeah. people just being like kidnapped or right. trash. <laughs> um, I imagine. Well, I mean, I um, I imagine there's probably some sort of like uh, please don't interfere with our couriers. We have contracted with yeah. like hyper aggressive security solutions. Um, mm. Hoss, Hass. <laughs> uh, all all, all of their security guards wear like ten gallon hats and have like. Did your did your revolvers? Yeah, I like that. That's um, cool. Screw it. We're gonna, like let's go let's go a little Gonzo in this setting. Yeah, you know, they they're like they they have like sharpshooting EMPs. All the Gen Z kids are in the government now, so everything is all like tongue in cheek and <laughs> like postmodern. It's so irritating. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> so we got to set the world a little bit. Yeah. So in the world now is this like an Amazon thing, or do a lot of companies use this service? We could we could have it be a subsidiary of uh, Sahara. <laughs> the Sahara the Sahara company yeah Sahara um bringing the desert to you um <laughs> you don't so, need to live in a food desert with Sahara no <laughs> any kind of desert we'll even bring you somewhere with Sahara uh so we have um there's this organization that has invented the technology to utilize people's bodies while they're asleep they have um, I would assume kind of franchise this out or license this out to all the major people that do. It's a, it's a gig. It's like, it's like signing up for Uber or yeah. Uber Eats where cool. your company can contract contract with Sahara delivery. Okay. And in that situation, your location will be added to whatever geo like geographic information system they use for their couriers. So you congratulations! You're now registered with Sahara Corporation to do, begin to, uh, receiving and dispatching delivery couriers. Yeah, and you have like special the hours of six p.m. and six a.m. And you have special underwear. Yeah, you have well, it's like a whole like a suit. Everybody's Mormon. No, some people. Some people maybe are Mormon. Yeah, Mormons are still around. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about them now. Huh. I'm not gonna care about them in the future. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So we have um so they have like specialized beds right that that assist with getting them up and standing up straight. They put on these sleep boots which help them walk and not have uh, their stuff messed up. And yeah, so it also I guess it would it would have to inject serotonin or something inside of them to so that you don't wake up super tired, right? I think that's just part of it. You wake up, you you, you get sleep, mm. but you wake up like you have physically walked around all night. Oh, okay, that's cool. part. That's yeah. just part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bummer. <laughs> it's blue collar work. Yeah, you have. To, <laughs> it's hard on your body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, we 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 follow. Well, okay. So how, how are we gonna hop into the story? I so if he if the main character has sleep issues and mm -hmm. they're doing it while they're asleep. I I've had this vision of this as like a thing where it's always at, it's almost always night. The scene, the sh uh, stuff shot a day. Cause you, I mean, you have to do stuff during the day. Maybe they're a coder or something. Sure. I, I'm seeing this as like taking place in like a mega city. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like it's yeah. just, there's no sun. A lot of pedestrian stuff, a lot of mechanical, a lot of mechanical stuff overhead. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have your character. They're talking about how, what they do at night. Uh, maybe they are either getting off a shift or starting a shift and they're meeting someone at like a diner and it's like 
I don't know why you're doing this to yourself, like putting through this. Like it's the only thing I can get. I had a minor charge on my account and tanked my score, my social credit score or something. <laughs> so gig work is the only thing I can do because people won't hire me like face to face. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe that maybe that's part of maybe that's part of their end goal is like, you know, well, I got I, I have a friend who works for so and so. It's not a great job, but they can at least help start start repairing your credit or something. It's like, well, I got to keep working on this. Like rent is one and a half of my paychecks. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know how depressing we want. I, I feel like no, the, it's pretty depressing. The social, all the, all the companies in the setting are very branded in a way that is like, um, bright, colorful neon. And then the actual living situation is just hell on earth. Yeah. You know, I'm into that. Pods, stuff like that. Yeah. Everybody has a, like a multi-purpose air fryer slash like convention. You know, convection oven because you can't have an oven in your tiny little bot apartment. So it's almost like Fifth Element. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Actually, it's a lot like Fifth Element. Cool. Um, and I'm imagining the first first time we enter their character, just before they have a gig, they're getting dinner with a friend or like uh, an ex or something like that, and they're trying to offer them a, a help. They're like out, reaching a hand out, being like, "Hey, I can help you." The character is just like, "I just can't focus on an interview right now. Like, I have to. I have to. You know, thanks for meeting me." They put their they tap their card or their little palm hand thing and go out. We see them suit up, zzz, click, click, snap their boots on. And then they like take a shot or something. <laughs> and then they lower the helmet over their head. Yeah. And then maybe they like lay down in their bed. Yeah. And then the helmet light, you know, their body kind of like sags a little bit and then the helmet lights up and then their body just kind of like gets up, goes yeah, the, out. Yeah. The bed just, of the bed just yeah, yeah. the bed just the bed stands yeah. up and then gets them yeah. up yeah and they just step forward and they're a little loose and stuff like that yeah then we start we see them on the route so we're not going to start with the person who is taking the job like the the main character we're going to start with like some... I, fi- I figured that was the main character oh, okay it's, That's it's just big... we we catch them before the start of their shift I th- what if yeah okay that's or, fine what are you thinking well I don't know I mean I, I I mean, it makes sense, like, for this character to be the window character. Um, I'm just curious why he doesn't already have this job. He does. It, this is He already has the job. But this is him starting his shift. Yeah. So just, this is, so he's been doing this for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's just this night. Yeah. Okay, cool. So he goes out, and I guess it, it's probably not his first delivery. No. We, we, we get a little... little yeah, we got to see some now. weird stuff. We got to yeah. show how mundane this job is. So he's going to deliver probably like a, like a calzone. Yeah, uh, Silicon Angel. Nope. He's got to deliver a Silicon Angel because uh, that warranty, oof, that'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he delivers a couple things. And one of the packages um, close to the end of his shift, um, it's, a, it's a pretty large substantial package and we see him walking down the street very busy street and he's bumping into people uh with this box and you hear uh the security features of this suit you know please refrain from mm-hmm. making contact with the deliver deliverer the <laughs> uh, with the courier uh with with, with the body the carry body that just dehumanizing no courier is fine yeah. um so he gets to the destination and now there's got to be a reason that it's not going to work right now. I know that he wakes up eventually, but 
does he wake up before he gets to the destination or is there something going on at the destination that makes that that makes him wake up i figured because one one option he wakes up Mm -hmm. he knows what he has Mm -hmm. he takes it another option is say he gets to destination and this order was a week old yeah when he gets there this place was burnt down or it's a crime scene he can't get in Mm -hmm. and maybe the return policy would be to drop it off at this box a a, a sahara uh, oasis (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay oh god yeah right (laughs) Um, so random oasis spots. Um, now, as he's leaving, there are people like maybe squatters in the, the the condemned building or whatever, and they're trying to take his stuff. We see him get messed with. Yeah, we see what happens when he gets messed with on a job. Yeah. Do we go schlocky and make it so that the helmet has a defense routine where it fights with your body? Like, did you see upgrade? Yeah, of course. Like upgrade. Yeah. So or something I, else is piloting your body to fight people off if they start messing with you. I was kind of thinking about that. I the 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 scene that I quickly popped in my head when we were talking about this was these people are trying to get the package out of his hands, which mm-hmm. they cannot do. So they knock off the helmet, which wakes him up. Okay. But the boots are still on. So the natural progression would be for the boots to take him to an oasis. So he's slowly walking away from these people, awake while they're attacking him. He can't let go of the box, right? Yeah. Somehow he gets out of the boots and he runs home. Okay. Cool. I I I really like the idea of them not him getting woken up in the midst of being mugged. Yeah. And the boots aren't letting him run. Right. Yeah. Because they're just programmed to take him. Yeah. Safely. Yeah. To the to to the nearest oasis. Uh now he he gets home, which I guess it, for some reason the programming is if you can't get to an oasis, you take it back to your house where it'll be your first delivery the next day. But because yeah. the boots were knocked off at the oasis, mm-hmm. they don't really know what happened. He he has to go back as soon as he can in the morning because otherwise it will be counted as him like quitting you can't leave your equipment somewhere or he gets charged for whatever the package is he gets charged he gets charged to replace the boots and the helmet yeah that's Um, a definite but also gets charged for the for the lack of delivery yeah no i like because originally i think the idea was that he just wakes up and he had delivered it to his own place at night but i really like the idea of him running back to his place for safety leaving the package and being like i have to get the helmet and the boots and he leaves the package. He's like, I'm going to deliver you when I get my stuff back. Goes back and gets it. Yeah. Um, because like the helmet seen... and boots are going to cost him like five grand. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, a lot of uh, money. Five grand. Five grand bitcoins. In, I was going to say five grand in like 1925 money. Yeah. Doge. 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 Uh, <laughs> the weight around my neck. Um, <laughs> uh, um, no, but I like that. And then he runs back and does he get the he gets the helmet back but it's been like spray painted and that's going to be the uh it's going to be the cosplay of the year is a helmet with like the spray painted graffiti on it yeah yeah i like that he he gets the helmet he gets the boots um yeah they, they have been tampered with in a weird way where the boots now have like electronic spurs on them uh that make weird sounds when he walks um the helmet 
like looks like uh, some Pokemon or something. Or it's got it's got like the X eyes and the smiley stitched mouth, and <laughs> you know, like like raver nonsense. Yeah, yeah. They, they made him look like Dead Mouse. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's like, oh man, that's fine, but but it still works. He can still fix it, but he can't like clean it. So he's wearing it like that for a little bit. Um, now at some point we got to figure out how to get this box open. What are your ideas for getting the box open? Well, he goes, so he gets the stuff and he goes back to his apartment. He, I, you know, he tries to clean them up as best he can, but he doesn't have like a paint remover or it's been, it's been, it's a type of spray paint that bonds on like an atomic level. So he's like, I can't be seen, I can't be seen in this, but I have to keep working. I can't mm-hmm. get a replacement because you're only issued one every six months or something. Um, he's penalized every time he goes out. Yeah. Or, or he already like had like placed a claim for losing this, one before. This is absolutely a job that penalizes you when you're already down. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it is really difficult in this setting to be poor. It's poor tax um, ink. What's that? <laughs> poor tax ink is yeah. what this place is called. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's back at the apartment. Does he, he immediately tries to redeliver the package after cleaning it, after cleaning his stuff. Or does he open it? I think maybe he tries to clean his stuff and it doesn't work. So he's issued the fine anyway. And he's he all- does clean it, but it still gives him the fine by error. He does. Well, he tries to clean it. Okay. Can't get it all the way off. Gets gets the notification, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really look at it first. And he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they charged me for this for this mm-hmm. goddamn outfit." But when he finally looks at it, he also got charged for the delivery. Oh, as if it went off. As if it. Yeah. As if he delivered it. As okay, if he delivered yeah. it, but to the wrong address. Oh, okay, yeah. Because he gets charged for every mistake that he makes. Yeah. Well, his pay gets docked. Right. It's that's like the same thing, but yeah. So he get he gets the 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 whatever mm-hmm. the fax is <laughs> that says, uh, you know, a new updated amount, uh, added one helmet, one boot. One boot paired. Yeah, one boot paired. Um, one neuro drink, because uh, he has to have another shift or yeah. whatever. Um, and then one, one... ultra red bull. <laughs> yeah, and then or ultraviolet bull. That's and right. then one like an insane amount of money for one package. He got tipped an incredible amount of money. No, he no. got charged. Oh, he got charged. Yeah. Okay. And at first, he's like. Okay, well, I, 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 mm-hmm. I can easily just bring this box back and and lose does that, that charge. <clears throat> when they mark it as delivered, does the courier mark it as delivered? Does the receiver mark it as delivered, or does the courier mark and then the uh, recipient confirm? Both. Oh, the, so, yeah, the, the last one. Yeah, he marked it as delivered, and the recipient confirmed it. He marked it as delivered. Recipient did not confirm. Okay. So then he would. His next step would be like, I have to mark this as an error and then deliver it properly. I gotta drop this off at the Oasis to lose this charge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do it wrong, you can't re-deliver it. Like if you like, it's like we're not going to assign this same delivery to the a courier that messed it up previously. Yeah, you, you you're yeah. not allowed to re-deliver it. But if he doesn't drop it off, they to to prevent all theft, he has to confirm that he does not have it. Somehow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, for some reason, he gets charged for it, and yeah. his choices are: I, I have to just 
bring this back. I, I yeah. can I cannot accept this fee. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But then the light bulb pops. What? Why is this so expensive? Yeah. What is this? Do you like that? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So he, I'm assuming he decides just to break it open. Because maybe when he goes to like, okay, so maybe he does clean his uniform. He gets charged for it for whatever reason. When he tries to tell them like, no, no, no I cleaned it. And they go, not up to our standards. He mm-hmm. still gets charged. Yeah. For, for some reason, he's mad at the company. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm taking this package. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, he decides to cut and run while taking the package. Um, yeah. Then he opens it. Yeah. It's hard to open. <laughs> uh, but he he does open it. And inside is? Uh, I don't believe. Let's see. Well, the first thing we said was like guns or something. Like a lot of guns. We said guns. But also, um, I don't remember why, if there was a reason we said guns. If there was like a cool... There was a really heavy criminal gang element yeah. to the original pitch. I remember I'm, that, which I'm I'm still cool with. I'm cool with it being involved, but I think the original idea was that he was a gang courier, and I really like this idea of him being a faceless corporate yeah. mook cool. instead. Um, but you can also order just a bunch of ammunition off of Sahara. Now, the big reversal at the end of the original pitch was that the delivery was like a stuffed animal for the crime boss's uh, sick daughter. So this could be... They could believe that it's now okay. We just did um, Force Limit, mm-hmm. which also had a mysterious data stick. So I think we avoid doing the same kind of shtick. You mean no mystery? Not mystery, but we avoid doing a mysterious USB drive. Yeah, I wasn't planning on that. Okay, cool. No, I was thinking it's full of something. Okay. It's full of something of value. Yeah. Because I see like a mini, maybe like a mini John Wick thing happening yeah. because they want this container yeah pharmaceuticals insulin big farm <laughs> call back bunch of corn. <laughs> oh go watch after the wizard do not watch that i made dylan <laughs> 2011 watch it. it is the worst thing you'll ever see related to wizard of oz <laughs> that is true it's like if wizard of oz was ran by religious people that really cared about the spca <laughs> so uh intro we are at 55 minutes okay about, um and we're at a convenient stopping point where it's like inside the package is mm, next week classic jj ending yeah mystery <laughs> box literally yeah in this case. uh and this week uh something special i'm gonna let dylan do the outros since i'm sick of stumbling all over myself all right um is that okay yeah let me let me let me are you gonna bring it up no, I'm not. I'm gonna read it off the screen. I'm gonna read it off my screen. Sets story in motion. Draws character into main plot. Oh, yeah, that's beat sheet. I'm gonna remove that. There Don't, we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, this is Twitching Upstream. It's uh, we appreciate you hanging out, making something weird with us, some nobodies. I've got your script up here. Hey, thanks. Sum up the project made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, oh no, I lost my script. So no, we just started doing uh, sleeper agent. <laughs> Story that we had come up with a while ago with Drayton Allen. You can go check out his books everywhere you search for Drayton Allen. Yeah. Actually, I'm aware of If you want to check in on us with this or any of the strange things we do, you can always go to somenobodies.com. Check us out here or Real Boys or when it comes back, No Time to Binge. We're doing some rescheduling right now. It should be coming back sooner than, no, later than we want. 
it's yeah. probably sooner than we expect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we as like soon as possible. It, really. As soon as possible. It's a fun one where we yeah. watch the first and last episode of TV and make up everything in between. But you can always go to patreoncom slash nobodies to help us out. We appreciate that. Some people who do help us out that we want to say thanks to, including Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits. He's mm-hmm. a great interviewer. He's okay at impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach said he's decent. I didn't say that. You wrote down decent. Yeah, I wrote it. I never said it. Though. Uh, we also have some <laughs> East Coast friends, Sarah Tukacic and Tanya Sheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate those contributions. Thanks to Jim Ede of the Ede Foundation, Chess Without Borders. He does what he does, uh, and we do what we while we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Strive to bring uh, the chess community to those who need it. Chess is a gift that lasts a lifetime. He can't read my Let's handwriting. See. Let's see. Red <laughs> Flanagan says, just read the show notes and nothing else. Express satisfaction. Thank audience. Promote other projects. <laughs> That's pretty wow. much what it says. Okay. okay. Whatever. Whatever. Hey, anyway. he, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. No. No. Uh, Honestly, special thanks to Red Flanagan, too, because if yeah. it wasn't for him, uh, last night's Real Boy show would have been pretty boring oh, with cool. just me and Phil. Oh, yeah. Uh, right so uh, luckily, it was me and Red Flanagan. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, uh, and of course, check out all the Some Nobody stuff. we got Silicon Angels talking upstream, twitching upstream, podcast, podcast, and podcast show. Uh, some other shows in production that are written down that I'm not going to say the titles to because putting it out there is a That's curse. That's for other things. What? Those are just total notes. It's not like a... Don't, don't bully... No. Uh, create Your Own Pod <laughs> Venture Appeal, which uh, I wrote this sprawling web of nonsense, and Zach managed to not only coordinate people, but editing and sound effects and everything, putting it out there. It's really cool. You really should go check it out. Uh, and then we did a review of Lovecraft Country way back in the day. Some mm-hmm. nobody's review of Lovecraft Country. You can go check that yeah, out. I was really hoping season two of that would get picked up. Yeah. Did it, is it officially not happening? Correct. All right. Yeah. All right. Too was, bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Zach does a whole bunch of stuff without me. Like, I'm nobody. Zach and says high five. Uh, Are you not supposed to read all that? that was just, no? Oh, um, never mind. Everything's on hiatus. But that means it's coming back. <laughs> no, that was just for no? somebody else. Oh, I was, that was just ready somebody to get else. That. I mean, that, it's... Somebody else does those shows. Zach doesn't. No, do no, no. I mean, I, no. It, it's for us. It's just oh. I was writing that at the time to send it to Mick Manhattan. Zach sprung <laughs> the idea of me doing the outro on me. So if yeah, this is it's because bad. I just can't figure out this other new laptop I got, <laughs> and I can't get goodbye, goodbye, Dylan. Goodbye, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, Twitching upstream. You can find us here. That's true, man. Appreciate you tuning in when you do. Yeah. You got anything, Zach? I don't think so. Drink some water, man. Do you want to stay hydrated? What I do at the end of every show? Keep calm, everybody. There you go. Wait, what do you say? Keep calm, everybody. Is that what you say? Stay calm out there. Stay calm out there. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. <laughs>